Welcome to the Sustainability Business Podcast, a show bringing conversations to the community shaping the future of energy and sustainability. Be sure to join us on LinkedIn and learn about the innovative solutions that are turning the tide towards a more sustainable future for all. Hello everyone and welcome to our podcast today. Today we're going to be talking about data and how that is so important in ESG reporting. We're going to look into key performance indicators um, and how these directly translate to recording and reporting ESG data in particular. So environmental, social and government key performance indicators are becoming increasingly important to businesses, also investors and other stakeholders who are looking to measure and also report on the sustainability and the social impact of organizations. In recent years, the collection and analysis of ESG data has become a critical part of corporate reporting and a range of software solutions have emerged to support companies in tracking and reporting against their ESG KPIs. These software tools can help organizations to automate the collection and analysis of ESG data and also to generate reports and insights that can be then used to identify areas for improvement, communicate that progress to stakeholders and also to imply with regulatory requirements. Additionally, software solutions can help organizations to benchmark their performance against their industry peers, track their progress over time and also identify emerging trends and risks. As the demand for ESG data and reporting continues to grow, businesses and investors alike are recognizing the value of using data and the software tools to track and report against their ESG KPIs. This trend is expected to continue as more organizations seek to demonstrate their commitment to sustainability and also to social responsibility. And as stakeholders increasingly demand greater transparency and accountability around these issues. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to our in-house expert on data and ESG reporting KPIs, Erica Hornack. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. Thank you, Emily, and thank you for inviting me to this podcast. Uh, Greetings to the listeners as well. My name is Erica Hornock, and I've been working for Schneider Electric for ages, I think uh, 14 years So it's been uh, it's been a long time, but it's been also a really interesting journey through um, our procurement teams, through renewable uh, energy, gaining more and more traction in the market. And um, um, eventually I circled back to our sustainability reporting team a year ago. And um, and yeah, so when I joined the company in 2009, I still felt that procurement was the center of conversations at the at the point i did start in the in our sustainability reporting team at the time as an analyst and we mainly talked to uh, procurement um, people from our clients uh, companies who were heavily working on the uk um, or complying with the uk crc scheme that just appeared at the time in the market and that caused a lot of headache to these companies who previously just focused on um, energy data consumption data invoices erica can you just clarify what crc is and what uh, what the demands were for that 
Oh yeah, absolutely. So that was the, the UK's um, carbon reduction commitment scheme that required large companies disclose on their emissions related to their energy consumption and energy usage. Mm -hmm. And so kind um, of the was it the first or near the first of its time almost sustainability ESG reporting type. Correct. So this was the first, uh, one of the first compliance schemes in the UK that uh, beyond um, EU ETS at the time uh, tied emissions reduction uh, reduction uh, commitments and emission output to fees and and financial implications as well. So if a company recorded emissions, they had to purchase units and allowances after that. Thank you. So that was the first time when when we actually faced and saw how companies are uh, tackling this new uh, approach around turning energy data into emissions and then also seeing how this can impact their uh, financial results even eventually in the end as they needed to really um, uh, pay for the CRC um, um, compliance even uh, after that. Mm -hmm. So. What's, what was really also interesting to see in the past um, couple of years is is really the ecosystem that that started building out around climate disclosure and emissions disclosure since then. So it's, it really started with consultant companies like ourselves at the time, uh, trying to help companies disclose and uh, calculate their emissions accurately. And then, of course, their auditors and verifiers appeared as well to to join uh, this um, environment and this market as well, that uh, that ensure that the data is more and more accurate um, as we go forward. And I think uh, the most most exciting evolution in recent years is the is the appearance uh, of different software solutions as, as you rightly highlighted in the introduction as well how these can help the accurate aggregation of the ghg data and how they can further reuse cost around for example verification as well so the past i would say 15 years have really seen an accelerated attention around ESG reporting and new actors in this environment as well, from consultants through auditors and then verifiers and then eventually the latest um, around um, software companies and software solutions. Amazing. Thank you for introducing yourself and also telling us about the uh, landscape of climate reporting, emissions reporting, um, and kind of how that's evolved over the last 15 years. I just want to ask you a bit more about how you've seen the transition from climate reporting, mostly focused on emissions, into ESG reporting and how social and governance aspects have been incorporated in to create this kind of ESG reporting uh, buzzword almost. Yeah, so so it all started with, of course, climate disclosure, because I would also think that um, quantifying your emissions is is one of the first step and one of the, I would say, easiest step to to take on the ESG reporting journey as it really yeah. comes for energy, um, energy consumption. We can mention that of course, different scopes of emissions bring about different challenges as well, and there are still so many things to be done around scope three as well. But in the meantime, as we see on the voluntary 
um, disclosure uh, scene as well, the social and governance factors have started appearing as part of the ESG disclosures as being also very important to ensure that a company or a corporate is uh, operating in a sustainable way. Uh, way. So beyond uh, emissions, uh, operations or companies need to align with sustainable and socially uh, responsible and, and ethical practices as well to uh, create a complete picture of their sustainability journey and their sustainable um, operation to investors, to their customers, to their employees who regard yeah. this topic more and more important. Mm, definitely. And I'm, gl I'm glad that um, social and governance are being taken into account and taken into the picture because absolutely sustainability goes further than just carbon emissions. Can you explain to me what an ESG indicator is and why companies are using this or talking about this in their ESG reporting? Yeah, so I think it's first taking a step back and say like, okay, ESG topics are more and more interesting to different stakeholders and different uh, investors and, and customers. But it's also worth saying that how companies tackle this in the past year is, is setting more and more targets and more and more making com commitments to demonstrate their their new journey towards a more sustainable um, operation. So with these targets, it is evident that these targets need to be measured and they need to demonstrate their progress against their commitment as well. For this, companies may, might uh, create different KPIs, different KPIs uh, around uh, um, emissions and social and governance uh, topics as well. So um, an, a KPI can be also regarded as an, an ESG indicator that really um, shows a company's progress towards their targets. And these, these indicators are also used to assess a company's performance, for example, in areas such as energy efficiency, waste management, um, corporate governance or, or employee welfare. So these are the meaningful and and relevant indicators that a company can use to demonstrate their progress towards their commitment and, and targets that they have set to show their commitment in the in the sustainability um, topics. Okay, thank you. That makes perfect sense. Um, what would make a good ESG indicator? I guess it's one that is easily communicated to stakeholders, um, but can you kind of explore that idea a little bit of what makes a good ESG indicator? Um, ESG indicators have um, multiple purposes and they tell a story externally as well, but they have to be super useful internally for the company as well. So, for example, an ESG, a good ESG indicator helps also companies identify the areas of risks and opportunities within their operations. They also enable, of course, companies demonstrate their commitment to, to the sustainable and responsible practices to, to stakeholders. And externally, they allow these investors to, to evaluate a company's long-term um, sustainability and ethical practices. An indicator should be very relevant to the company itself as well. It should align with the company's industry, the size, the, the operational context, for example. And 
to be able to monitor this year on year, it has to be very uh, consistent as well. So it should be comparable over time. And once we are uh, talking about comparing, of course, it should be measurable too. So although we can, we tend to think about social and governance metrics as, as more qualitative type of metrics, these metrics can be um, translated to, to a data-driven quantifiable information as well. And of course, if we think about an, an ESG indicator or KPI, that is there to trigger action. So these KPIs should be should be actionable and they need to give information and give support to, to decision making and strategy as well within a company. Okay. How would I, for example, come up with an appropriate indicator um, that represents performance across an entire organization? What's the process for coming up or creating these KPIs? That's a really good question because there are so many KPIs out there, so many targets, so many commitments from, um, from, for example, if you were a company, you would probably have seen your competitors already committing to, to certain uh, targets as well. But if this hasn't happened to yet and you, you are one of the first in your industry or in your area to, to start thinking about um, what to include in your ESG report and ESG KPI, then the first and first step is to make sure that you you identify the re relevant issues to your uh, business identify only those that are really relevant to to your business making an impact on the environment and making a financial impact as well this is uh, an, a practice that is done through a materiality assessment or double materiality assessment that might be familiar to, to many companies out there as um, compliance schemes and uh, reporting uh, directives are um, emerging, uh, thinking about uh, the latest corporate sustainability reporting directive that is requiring companies already to start identifying what is relevant, where they have impact on the in the uh, industry. So, for example, uh, a packaging company might more think about uh, waste and waste management, and uh, potentially biodiversity may not be on top of their um, ESG metrics as as most as the most relevant uh, to them. So it's um, it's very important to to start identifying these key ESG issues that are relevant to the business. And this is important for two reasons. One is like they are meaningful. They need to be meaningful to you as a company as well. But if you are not identifying too many or you, you try to track too many, then it might result in in the loss of uh, on the quality, uh, quality side. So it's very important to find the right balance of of making sure that that quality is on top of your agenda as opposed to quantity. To, to develop uh, an ESG indicator, you, you also need to determine what data can be connect, uh, collected to measure these issues. Um, what you have already, as uh, that what you can extract from, from your current systems and what is not available yet, and where you might need to close gaps in your data processing and data uh, collection practices. And then, once you know what you want to show, like certain waste reduction KPIs, 
and you know that you are you do have data for this you have um, a waste management information from your systems and then you need to come up with a methodology to to calculate this indicator that met methodology will help you to stay consistent year or uh, year over year and then uh, eventually it is always worse like calculating and testing the indicator from time to time to make sure that it accurately reflects your performance so you need to decide on what actually you want to uh, measure how you will gather the data for measuring it, how you will actually use that data to calculate um, the KPI, and then eventually uh, revisit it on a regular basis to make sure that it is, it is still relevant to your business and it is still capturing the most um, impactful practices that you, that you wanted to uh, monitor. A very thorough answer, thank you. So what I understood from that firstly is to ensure that you start with fewer KPIs, but they're of a higher quality, so they're super relevant to your business. And the second one is ensure that they're measurable and that you have the data to be able to measure for these KPIs, you're able to collect that. From there, I have two questions. One around, I suppose, around the more around the quality of the KPI, but kind of in reaching that KPI, who should the business be involving and getting buy-in from to be able to create and also meet these KPIs? That is, uh, that's a really good question. And I think that is one of the biggest challenge of, uh, of our customers when, when they talk to us about their data collection practices, because to cover such a wide area and topics like not only the environmental part not only the energy part but also making sure that other stakeholders are involved as well and committed to the aim and to the to the goal of uh, monitoring esg performance you need to involve a diverse group of stakeholders including representatives from different departments like um, um, your human resources, uh, finance, accounting, uh, procurement, of course. And normally these stakeholders would hold their data um, in a decentralized um, way. So this is very common that HR is, is not using potentially the same system to gather information as to, as to finance. So there you find yourself as a sustainability um, responsible person in a company who is trying to gather all this data from the different departments. And this can result in getting the data um, in emails, in um, Excel files, in different formats, and everyone might be using different um, quality standards and calculation standards to come up with the information that you, as a sustainability report creator, uh, would need. So it is worth making sure that those who are providing you uh, the input to your um, ESG report are clear on the expectations and the standards of quality that you need to deliver and your company needs to deliver in your ESG report. So there may be different solutions to come over this. It is very dependent from, 
from company to company because these um, situations and these structures within the companies are can be very very different so from conducting workshops or uh, presenting the business case of, of ESG indicators to the different um, stakeholders can help gaining buy-in and can also help them understand the benefits and the importance of uh, sustainable and responsible uh, reporting in the future and then, of course, all these stakeholders will provide you with feedback and then taking these feedbacks into consideration and creating this uh, internal ecosystem of uh, ESG reporting can can help uh, keeping up engagement apart from the the compliance requirements. So um, what we are facing now in, in Europe, but in, in the in the US as well through SEC um, is that uh, although ESG reporting and climate disclosure has been voluntary for so many years since the early 2000s. We are moving towards more of a compliance um, um, scheme, uh, which makes it absolutely necessary to, to uh, create this internal uh, data governance and information governance system. Yes, definitely. Um, we're seeing that all the time. <laughs> um, that more and more companies are having to comply with ESG reporting and therefore are coming up with all of these um, challenges or new new things that they have to incorporate in their business operations. Um, you mentioned ESG data being super important and that there are various challenges such as um, different systems in-house being used to collect different data but actually the need to aggregate that to meet these um, or to measure on these ESG KPIs what are the most common challenges that businesses have with ESG data and how have you and how do we in Schneider work with the businesses to help them overcome these problems? So I think um, there are multiple challenges and as I mentioned these challenges can be different from company to company. The most common uh, areas however is around data quality and lack of data and low data quality. So ESG reporting is really heavily dependent on data and that it should be available and uh, and as accurate as possible. This is not uh, not always easy and um, through this it's it becomes a difficulty to to measure certain ESG factors as well. And then the lack of understanding and buying from stakeholders might be the uh, the other challenge that I would uh, mention as well. Gathering um, the data from there, making sure that the data is in a standard format at least and uh, represents a standard quality. Uh, monitoring change year over year if uh, and making sure that these changes can be can be uh, relevant and compared to each other is um, is also very 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 important and with if the data governance and if the system within a company is decentralized and every department owns their own data and their own data quality it can be really difficult tracking back changes if there are personal changes and then also making sure that historical data is available and can be recalled and used whenever uh, it is needed. So to overcome these challenges, we we, know, uh, we provide our clients with multiple solutions dependent on their maturity in the topic. 
um, starting with data, uh, the support of data collection and analysis, uh, providing them with a with a space where this data can be um, stored in a in a structured and standardized way. We can help them uh, develop and and uh, create measurable indicators as well, so that uh, that can help understanding where the data will be feeding into and how they will uh, be able to build out their ESG report. But we can we can also start with uh, with training and education because what I what I always see ESG reporting is is not a one-off exercise. It's it's a recurring event and it is a it is a journey as well. So when when companies start thinking about ESG disclosure, they face two worries one of them is like oh this this has to be absolutely complex and i need to cover so many things that it is impossible and i always think that and say as well like you don't need to cover everything in the first instance there is a a minimum that you need to look at and start building out and you should do it rather earlier than really later so if you just think about um, compliance you might only be um required to disclose in 2024 or 2025. However, as reporting is a journey, it is a muscle you need to exercise and you will you will be able to build it out um, uh, and build out a more and more robust um, output year on year. It should be started earlier than later. And then the other challenge that uh, I've heard recently from from a workshop is if I need to disclose, but I'm not ready, there is, there might be a naming and shaming and uh, and others pointing fingers at me that my my methodology is not absolutely correct. My my figures are not absolutely correct. And for that, um, I know this is this is a challenge and this is a, a, a concern for for many companies. This is inevitable so in europe csrd will require companies to disclose and this will be something that is available to to potentially others in the market as well again the earlier you start the better preparations you can make uh, to deliver a better results but also the earlier you start the earlier earlier you can identify those gaps that need to be closed and then you can also apart from the data, just the data itself, there is also an element of what else you are doing to making these uh, figures more accurate, what else you have done to identify and recognize your your gaps in your uh, reporting system or reporting practices, perhaps, and how you are addressing those. So it's not always around or it's never about just the data it is information information to your stakeholders about like where you stand now and where you are heading to and that's um it's also very important to consider as um, and when tackling these and these general challenges of i don't want to disclose because it will expose me to the market it will expose me to those who can who can potentially just say it's not correct if you realize it earlier that it is not correct at least you can take steps to make sure that you are correcting it and share these steps and efforts with uh, with your um, stakeholders if they realize it first, then it's, you might end up in a situation where you need to react rather than proactively address these uh, issues 
even if you cannot fix everything for the first time, you can detail out in the in your report and in your EUSG report what you are doing to to uh, fill these gaps and and um, address these gaps. And this is also something that uh, that our company is uh, helping our clients with identifying these gaps and then developing short and long term longer term actions that can help closing these gaps and make uh, their ESG reporting more robust and accurate. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think you touched on a really good point there that I find this as well when I come across clients that they really want to have the best data out there the first time that they report, whereas actually it is 100% a journey um, ESG reporting. You just have to begin um, and your data will get better, your reporting will get better um, as each time you do it. And as you say, you'll uh, react to the market and what demands are put upon the business as well as things go. Um, I've got two questions left. One just kind of as a summary um, and one a bit of a wildcard question. Um, can you give your tips or next steps uh, for businesses that are wanting to begin their ESG reporting journey? This is indeed wide. <laughs> so I think to begin your ESG reporting journey, you should start by understanding your key ESG issues and, and defining your purpose and, and goals that are important to you and that are meaningful to, to your uh, stakeholders and the environment as well. Once you have that, then you need to develop a measurable and or multiple measurable and and relevant indicators and and establish start establishing the process for data collection and analysis and then it is really about regularly reviewing and updating these indicators and use them to drive the decision making and uh, and and the strategy of the of the company as well and this cycle this uh, this continuous process of improvement and and learning will take you further in your ESG reporting journey and make sure that if anything new comes in like a new compliance scheme a new requirement you already have a really strong foundation so start with identifying what is relevant to your company through a materiality or double materiality assessment and then explore what you can already um, report on through your systems and what where are the gaps and how you will address those gaps. Look at quick fixes and also look at uh, medium to to longer term solutions uh, as well within within your company's data data and information governance uh, system. Amazing, thank you for that um, summary. Last final question: um, AI is a hot topic at the moment. Can you see it being useful in ESG reporting, ESG data reporting? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. In This is a very, very exciting uh, topic. And when I mm -hmm. said in the beginning that I think one of the most exciting evolution in the uh, climate disclosure uh, ecosystem is the appearance of softwares, it's it's also, uh, I would say, um, along with AI, this is this is one of the most exciting topics I have uh, I have been um, uh, involved in in the past couple of uh, months or uh, years even. AI can can have multiple uh, purposes and multiple uh, can serve multiple support functions within ESG reporting from 
um, as I said, identification of relevant topics, um, data quality improvement, but also I think if we just think about um, the the potential of gathering information from the over already publicly available information from the uh, internet, it can help data collection, it can help data uh, quality assurance, and it can help also gathering data for all those aggregators who are out on the market and are collecting voluntary um, uh, disclosures and voluntary reports already. It has been uh, it has been mentioned by uh, multiple um, initiatives and um, and these uh, disclosure um, schemes in the the market as well that they are aiming to use AI to to gather information from uh, from publicly available sources about uh, corporates. So this is uh, this is definitely a really exciting uh, uh, topic that would worth uh, discovering perhaps uh, um, in the in the next episode and mm. uh, perhaps uh, through uh, a longer discussion. Yeah, maybe that's one that I'm going to look into. You've inspired me. <laughs> Thank you very much for talking with me today and answering some of my questions about ESG reporting and data collection and uh, the importance of KPIs. Thanks for sharing your knowledge. <laughs> it's been really nice to chat with you. Thank you for inviting me, Emily. It was nice chat. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the Sustainability Business Podcast. We hope you've been inspired by the Trailblazers and their innovative solutions for a more sustainable future. Be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn to stay engaged and informed. Together, we can be the change makers our planet needs. 